It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. With the early National Signing Day just around the corner, could the Louisville Cardinals go back into South Florida and get yet another top 500 prospect? We'll talk about that on today's episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast along with the season opening victory for the Louisville women's basketball team. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I want to take this time to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder the Locked On the Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Excuse me. So with that being said, on today's episode of the show, we're going to start out by talking about a little recruiting where the Cardinals are continuing to try to create or recreate, I should say, the South Florida pipeline. This time in 2023, top 500 prospect Edwin Joseph will talk about um, his official visit to the university this past weekend and more. We'll also talk about the Louisville women's basketball's season-opening victory over the Cincinnati Bearcats. And then finally, we will dive into the weekly mailbag segment. So there's no secret that Louisville is continuing to try to recreate the South Florida to Louisville pipeline um, in the 2023 class. They already have a handful of of top um, South Florida commits. Um, In the 15 commitments that they have, there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five of the 15. So a third of the Cardinals commitments are from the Sunshine State. Now, granted, there's been a lot of talks of, oh, it's uh, California to Louisville, uh, St. John Bosco to Louisville. Yeah, I mean, that that's also true, but um, you can't overlook the fact that the Cardinals are trying to get back into the South Florida area to try to create some of those pipelines, especially with Florida not being the greatest. Florida State has been solid, but Miami has struggled as well. So Louisville, with some momentum, is trying to capitalize. Now, um, you know, they are going after... Uh, 2023 top 500 prospect Edwin Joseph, uh, ranked as the 448th best prospect in the 24-7 sports composite. He is an athlete, um, according to 24-7 sports, plays uh, two ways, both as a wide receiver and as a defensive back. Six foot, 178 pounds, uh, native of Hollywood, Florida, um, standout of Chaminade Madonna Prep High School down in the South Florida area. Has some big-time offers. Um, Penn State high up on his list has um, offers from Auburn, but right now um, no head coach, so it might be a little bit difficult, but they're still in the mix. Florida State, Miami seems to be at this point 
currently the team to beat. He also has offers from Maryland, Georgia Tech, Michigan, Oklahoma just offered last week, um, Pittsburgh, South Carolina, Syracuse, Texas A&M, Utah, uh, West Virginia, so on and so forth. Um, has a couple of crystal ball projections in the 24-7 sports um, uh, crystal ball area. Andrew Ivins, a Southeast um, recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports, has given Miami a confidence pick of about five, which is about medium confidence. Uh, Gabby Yerudia uh, has given a confidence pick of about six. So two uh, crystal balls in the favor of Miami. But um, you know, social media and such has been stirred up a little bit because I believe it's Frank Tucker of Rivals um, flipped his prediction from Miami to the Louisville Cardinals. Now, Edwin did make an official visit to the program this past weekend for the James Madison game. So this is one to look out for here. Um, now, granted, it will still be tough to take Edwin out of the South Florida area, assuming that um, you know he is um, you know not set on staying in South Florida because it seems like, you know, players in, I guess you could say in any situation, some are wanting to stay close to home. Some don't really care about proximity to home. Others, it depends. So every, you know, recruitment is different. So that uh, will have to you know, play a factor, but the fact that it seems like Louisville is gaining some momentum. Um, Edwin Joseph has been a player that um, not many, uh, fans have talked about in recruiting. It hasn't been a name that has been tossed out recently, so that's something to look at. It seems like Louisville has gotten into the mix rather quickly, um, has gotten one of the official visits from uh, Edwin Joseph. So at the very least, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. And I granted he's made a couple of unofficial visits to Florida State. That's going to be tough to overlook. Um, Auburn has gotten an unofficial as well. Officially visited Penn State back in September, um, but Louisville offered back in um, early September. So September 6th, they made the offer, and they got an official visit um, less than two months later. So, um, like I said, this is going to be one that it'll be interesting to see how much the official visit changed things, but it seems, uh, according to some, the perception is that it was a successful visit. Um, now, granted, one thing that could matter, one um, um, aspect of this recruitment that's going to be looked at is what position is Edwin Joseph looking to play at the next level? Now, there has been talks that Louisville sees him as a cornerback uh, rather than a wide receiver, which seems to be Edwin's main position. Um, but we see that a lot in high school, two-way players that play wide receiver at uh, the high school level, but play defensive back at the next level, you know, solid, um, you know, um, ball skills, solid um, high pointing the football, um, you know, great route running, things of that nature, um, footwork as well, and vice versa, right? So it really kind of just depends, but um, with Louisville valuing him as a cornerback, now granted, he could theoretically, if he were to commit and sign to Louisville, he could arrive on campus and this and the coaching staff could say, hey, look, maybe he is better fit to be a wide receiver. And that's the versatility that is welcomed, right? It's it's a good problem to have. But it seems like at this point uh, he is being recruited by Louisville 
as a defensive back. Now, you look at what Louisville has coming in in the 2023 class. So far, I mean, they're ranked 17th in the country, but they only have 15 commitments. That's huge. The fact that they have a top 20 class and there's only 15 high school commitments currently at this time, granted, um, they lose a lot from this year's team. So you could think that, okay, they're going to save some spots for the transfer portal to get some immediately eligible and uh, Division One proven or even, you know, college football proven um Production, And I think that that's something that uh, is definitely needed as great as it is to get these highly rated prospect, these top 500 prospects, they still need to be developed. Not everyone is going to be able to come in right away and be immediately ready to play. You know, there is development that needs to be had physically, mentally, um, you know, on the field skill set, um, you know, just uh, body weight. Uh, frame, strength, speed, so on and so forth, the mental aspect of learning the playbook and getting acclimated to the speed of Division I uh, Power 5 football. So, um, yeah, I think that um, it would not surprise me to see Louisville sign sort of a smaller class. Now, granted, keep in mind, this was a team that, you know, had – you know, what, 70 underclassmen at one time, um, a lot of – you know, COVID freshmen, redshirt freshmen, true freshmen, that they're still kind of, um, you know, seeing some of those number crunches. Now, granted, um, you know, there are players that transfer out, so it will create some spots, but you have some spots that could free up for the transfer portal. There are some players that still have to make decisions on their futures for next year. Um, so it's kind of a wait-and-see approach, but Louisville is positioning itself in the recruitment of some big time prospects that you know they can afford to go after because they've addressed a lot of the needs over the past um what 10 months or so since early January so I don't think that they'll sign 25 high school players. I mean, signing 10 more high school players uh, before February would be huge. I just don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. Um, uh, but right now, um, since uh, Martel Height Jr. and Jeremiah Collins decommitted. There has been a need for defensive back help, especially when you consider that Kentrell Clark is likely gone. Chandler Jones is gone. There's some other players, uh, Kinder Duncan Jr., so on and so forth. Currently speaking, you have Aaron Williams, a top 200 cornerback. Um, outside of that, you have Jaden Davis, uh, the safety from Swanee, Georgia. You have Jalil McLean, who could be a wide receiver, could be a cornerback at, at the next level. And then you have um, Raekwon Adkins. So at the very most, you know, you only have three cornerbacks committed, and you could definitely you know use one, maybe even two more high school recruits while also possibly going to the transfer portal, depending just on who stays and who leaves. Um, you know, numbers and things of that nature are kind of fluid at this point because so much can happen. You don't know who's going to go into the portal. You don't know who's going to stay, so on and so forth. So we'll see if Louisville can, um, you know get into this recruitment very seriously. It looks like they've already done that, right? If you get an official visit from a top 500 prospect, that's big news, especially if um, certain recruiting analysts are starting to flip their predictions. Now, granted, that might not be um, the end-all be-all, and perhaps that might be bad intel, or it might be premature intel. It might just be a guess. It might be, you know, uh, intuition where you're thinking, oh, hey, he probably will will flip his com uh, commitment. Well, he's not committed, but um, flip his, um, I guess you could say, uh, his priority list of, you know, where he wants to go. So, you know, 
perhaps this is Louisville taking advantage of Miami not necessarily being all that good at the moment under Mario Cristobal um, and looking to continue that uh, South Florida pipeline. So a big recruitment to look out for. Um, also, you know, you have Cole Martin, Sean Russ. Russ was also in attendance uh, for the game, uh, top 500 defensive back, just like Edwin Joseph. But Joseph definitely went to look at moving forward. So, uh, but that's going to be all the football recruiting news that we talk about, um, at least in this segment. Uh, we, there is a mailbag question, but we'll talk about the opening game of the Louisville women's basketball schedule, where the Cardinals came out victorious over the Cincinnati Bearcats. We'll talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our partners over at Nissan who have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments where we highlight the most exciting play from the Louisville Cardinals weekend game or throughout the history of our alma mater. This week's thrilling moment from the Cardinals' victory over James Madison is Malik Cunningham's fourth quarter touchdown pass to Tyler Hudson at the beginning of the quarter. Um, It was a solid pass. Uh, Also, um, helped out by um, Tyler Hudson fighting off um, a handful of defensive backs. Um, huge touchdown that ultimately put the Cardinals ahead and uh, pushed the game out of reach. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Last season, the ranked Louisville women's basketball team struggled in the season opener and lost um, in the first game to Arizona at a neutral site. Um, This year, a little different. They started the season out at home and began the 2022-23 campaign with a W. 87-68 over the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, The Cardinals were led by Haley Van Lith. And if this game taught us anything is that the Haley Van Lith Morgan Jones backcourt is going to be a problem that teams have to deal with. One of the most deadly duos, not only in the ACC, but also in the country. And the scary thing is, is that the duo combined for 32 points. I'm sorry, 34 points. No, 32. I can't do addition. 32 points. And Morgan Jones didn't necessarily have all that great of a game. Now, Haley Van Lith showed why this is going to be possible first-team All-American honors type of season. 12 of 20 from the field, 28 points, a game high uh, for both teams. She was 2 of 7 from behind the arc, 2 of 3 from the free-throw line. Um, Also 
contributed two rebounds, two assists, and the confidence was shown on full display with her ability to create for herself in the mid-range off the dribble. Um, you know, showed the confidence throughout the game, even when the shot wasn't falling at times, and did not uh, fail to try to assert herself when the offense kind of struggled, especially in that third quarter. It was smooth sailing for the Cardinals up until the halftime intermission. They led 48 to 28. And um, Cincinnati made things interesting in the third quarter, cut it to single digits. Um, they implemented uh, a full-court press, uh, kind of a trap and press that Louisville struggled with. Now, that was something that we'll have to look at moving forward because they weren't all that great in handling the press last year. But it's, it's game one, so you can't look at this and think it's going to be um, a, fr- a, a finished product on the court because game one in any sport, I don't care if it's women's basketball, football, men's basketball, soccer, uh, baseball, so on and so forth. I mean, you're going to have some rust that you need to shake off. Um, Not every player is going to be at their best. You're going to struggle here and there as a team when it comes to chemistry. But in the first game of Morgan Jones and Haley Van Lith's backcourt duo, I thought you saw the potential of what this duo could be. Uh, Both utilize the mid-range very, very solidly, but they also have a contrasting skill set that directly benefits one another. As Morgan Jones is more of a slasher that gets to the rim and uses her size over six foot, uh, does a good job on defense, a very, very good defender with a ton of athleticism, but she is great at getting to the basket, utilizes the mid-range as well. Haley Van Lith, more of an outside threat, um, a very solid perimeter shooter, but also in this game reaffirmed that, hey, look, I'm not just a perimeter shooter. I'm a creator. I can create my own shot in any of the three levels of the of the half-court offense, and I think she did just that, the duo combining 432. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry, it wasn't a game high because uh, Milton for Cincinnati also had 28, so you could say tied for a game high. Um, but Morgan Jones... Kind of struggled here and there with turnovers. She had four turnovers but had 14 points, uh, three steals, um, three blocks, two assists, and four rebounds. Going to be this year's Emily Inksler in the way that she is going to be uh, a defensive um, leader on this team that affects the game in more aspects than just scoring. Liz Dixon had a solid game, very efficient from the field, five of six from the field, 12 points. Olivia Cochran had four points and led the way with eight rebounds. Um, Peyton Verholst had some big buckets. She had nine points. Uh, Mikasa Robinson with some big defensive moments um, and affected the game in many ways. She had five steals, six rebounds, three assists to go along with five points. Um, Josie Williams, three for three from the field. The Utah Valley State transfer had six points and four rebounds in 11 minutes of action. And Nyla Harris in her first collegiate game, five points uh, and two rebounds. So, a balanced attack for Louisville. Obviously, not the greatest game. They shot twenty three percent or twenty four percent from behind the arc, as um, Cincinnati shot almost seventy percent from the three point line. Um, and Louisville still won by nineteen. Look, there's a lot that needs to be worked on. Obviously, defense at times was a little uh, sloppy. Turnovers um, were an issue uh, at certain times in this one. Um, the offensive flow here and there but the potential is there um you know you beat a team by 19 that shot 13 threes and made 19 of them um 
you know, while your team shot under 25%, I think that this team is going to be right in the hunt of title contention. A solid first game. Like I said, it's a, it's a marathon and not a sprint. So something that you have to continue to get better um, ahead of what could be an interesting end of the month in the battle for Atlantis and a matchup against Ohio State. So um, solid victory. Haley Van the Morgan Jones is going to be um, a very interesting duo. Um, and not to mention Chris Lynn Carr, the Syracuse transfer, 0 for 3 from the field, had a made free throw. She only had one point. Um, not a great Louisville debut, but I expect a lot from her as the season goes on. So it's game one, not anything to um, overreact about. All, all you can do is look at things that need to be improved on, um, dissect it from that angle, but understand that, hey, a win is a win. So we'll take it and move on. Uh, but in terms of moving on for the rest of the show, we'll dive into the weekly mailbag uh, after we talk about our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, Guess what? You can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. As always, I want to say thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder the Locked On the Global podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube and WHAS 11 Plus, five days a week. Your team, every day. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. The mailbag is filled with some interesting questions um, across a handful of different sports. Um, I want to start out, I I mentioned or I hinted at there being a football recruiting question, and um, I think that that should be the first one we talk about just kind of due to the context of the show. Uh, The question kind of relates to the numbers game. Um, You had an episode about a month ago about the needs of Flyville 23 moving forward. Are those still your thoughts um, and, and what positions do you feel Louisville needs to address heading into the early signing period in February? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't think that the needs have really changed considering the fact that there hasn't really been many commitments, I don't think, outside of maybe Kataris Hicks. Um, I think interior defensive line is a spot that Louisville could use um, a commitment or two at, you know, whether that's the transfer portal or the high school Um the high school realm that's still yet to be determined. Sorry, I've got the hiccups. Um, defensive back is also a, a spot, you know, maybe it's safety. I know that you have some players kind of waiting in the wings, you know, safety cornerback, you know, a player or two there, you might add another, you know, running back or two, perhaps you look to get another offensive lineman. But as of right now, I think defensive tackle, especially on the interior um, linebacker as well. I think defensive tackle and the linebacker, um, because you're possibly losing Monty Montgomery. Um, you're going to lose Yasir Abdullah. Uh, you do have some very talented players um, waiting in the wings, 
waiting for their opportunities. But I, I still think linebacker is a very critical spot. So I'm going to go uh, the top areas of need being defensive line, interior wise, and then the linebacker. So with the exhibition games being a struggle for Louisville, are you worried about the upcoming matchup against Bellarmine? That's actually a good question because we're going to talk about that on the show for tomorrow. But yes, um, I am excited for the Kenny Payne era for sure. And I'm not saying that it won't be a good era, but you can also be concerned a little bit about uh, the regular season this season because of the struggles against uh, the two um, exhibition teams. Now, granted, I mean, it's not, uh, you know, the end all be all, you know, this season is going to be a work in progress. You know, it's a new coaching staff players that, you know, mainly from a team that you only won, what, 14 games or 11 games last season. So, sorry about that. Um, so, like I said, I think that – but you can be worried about the game against Bellarmine because Scotty Davenport's teams are always very disciplined, very balanced. They execute their roles really well. And it's going to be a tough game. They shoot the ball well from deep as well. So, Louisville's going to have to – Really have a good performance. Uh, it's, it's a winnable game for Louisville, but also it's going to be a pretty tough one. So, If Malik Cunningham were to, in fact, miss the rest of the season, which admittedly the question says, I don't think you will, but it, let, let, me, let me change the question. If you were to miss extended time, let's say against Clemson, how worried are you for the Louisville offense? Uh I mean, obviously, I am worried for the offense. Clemson has a solid defense uh, personnel-wise. Now, granted, it didn't seem that way against Notre Dame and Wake Forest, but they still do have the personnel on defense. Uh, they are battling some injuries. It was going to be a tough game with a healthy Malik Cunningham. It's definitely going to be a tough game now. So um, it's going to be a tough one. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, Louisville's going to need a very, very good offensive performance to come out victorious against Clemson, let alone down in um, Death Valley uh, for this game. So... Do you feel as if it's going to be more so a matter of the starters doing what they need to do or the depth making up for it for the Louisville basketball team this season? So I guess the question is, um, is there more pressure on the starters to do what they need to do or is the pressure more on the depth? And I think it's kind of unfair to say that at this point because – I think that there's a lot to prove from the starters. I don't think that this, you know, you look at the starting five and you think, okay, um, you know what you're going to get from the starters because we don't. I, I you know, you have high hopes for L. Ellis and Sidney Curry. Jalen Withers looks solid in exhibition. You have high hopes for, um, you know, whoever starts at the two, and then obviously uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield as well. But they, all five of those players, still have something to prove. So I don't necessarily think it's a, it's a, it's a comparison between which one. I think you have to get. Um, solid minutes from both. You have to have the tone set from the starters. They have to give you that production, but that production can't drop off immediately when Kenny Payne goes to the bench um, into the second unit. So we'll see kind of what the lineup looks like in the first official game on Wednesday evening. Um, but I, I don't think you can necessarily answer that question one or the other because you should really, in all honesty, say both. So, um, but that's going to wrap up this episode of the show. We talked about Edwin Joseph and Louisville trying to continue to create that Miami pipeline uh, to, or that South Florida pipeline to Louisville, or recreate it, I should say. I uh, talked about the Louisville women's basketball team victory over the Cincinnati Bearcats. Also dove into the weekly mailbag. There will be two episodes um, 
before I go on a work conference. Um, so they'll be recorded tomorrow, or they'll actually be recorded tonight um, for Wednesday and Thursday. So there will be no talk of the Louisville basketball contest until Friday when I get back. So there will be an episode on Friday evening. But that's going to wrap up this second bonus episode on this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone, have a great day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.